Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Spending some time reconnecting with nature this summer? Here's a camping hack from L.L. Bean to make your next trip the best yet. When putting together your gear, wrap a piece of duct tape around your water bottle. It's barely noticeable, but if another piece of gear breaks or tears, pull off your tape to make a quick patch or repair. For more camping hacks, visit youtube.com slash L.L. Bean. L.L. Bean. Be an outsider. Hey, everybody, and welcome to In the Clinch, MMA podcast on the Fight Game Media Network. Paul Fontaine, alongside me as always, Ryan Frederick. And Ryan, uh, we just had a spirited debate off air. We won't get into on air, but we uh, we've we've got a lot of a lot of uh, MMA to talk about this week, and uh, it was a real busy week. I didn't even get to see all of it, uh, honestly. Um, and in fact, <laughs> as busy as it was, I sent you the notes for the rundown, and I actually forgot one of the shows. But we'll we'll touch on that briefly. But um, but the big news, and I think what we want to talk about, and anybody that read your column, is. Uh, is we got to talk about uh, Chris Cyborg. So as expected, Chris uh, defended her title, her uh, Bellator Featherweight Championship on, uh, was that the Friday or the Saturday? Saturday. Saturday, yeah. Yeah, so she, you know, for the second uh, straight time, she demolished um, uh, Arlene Blanco. And uh, so now she is the champ. And reading your article, she is the... She is a free agent now, apparently. So did she have, had she won the contract on her last fight? And and that's why the champ, this the third fight of her champion's clause? Or did, did she not have a champion's clause? I, I mean, I don't, as far as I know that her contract, the champion's clause, like we were, say, we were saying, is it adds a year or three fights to your deal. deal. But I think if you're a champion, champion there's no like champions automatic champions clause to extend it you're just uh, fighting your contract as a cha- as a champion i think it's like if you win the title in your last fight then it automatically extends gotcha. but if you're like champion going in already already and she won the belt on like her different. first 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 fight right yeah everybody's contract i guess different. julia she, budden yeah everybody's contract's diff- different on how on how that goes but uh but yeah, I mean, she's uh, she's openly talk about free agency, and yeah, that was the last fight on her deal. And uh, no, I don't know, I don't know that was the last fight on her deal. I think her deal actually ends in June or July. I mean, theoretically, I think she might have one more fight. I'm not a hundred percent sure. Sure, I think she has one more fight, or and the contract ends in July, early July. So theoretically, they could probably get her another fight before then. But but I think they're they're talking about like she's going into free agency like she's not planning on fighting before before the contract's up so yeah so pretty much basically free agency for her and uh where 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 do you think she like if you had a gun to your head and said where you think she's gonna end up what do you what do you think (laughs) aew (laughs) 
Really? Uh, That's so weird. knuckle fighting. I don't know. It's pointless for her to be in really? Bellator. It's kind of pointless for her to stick around in Bellator. And yeah, no, I and agree. the two fights she won. Uh, yeah, uh-huh. she mentioned specifically three fights that she wanted. One is Kat Zingano, which if she, you know, resigns with Bellator, that's the fight there. But after that, what do you do? She mentioned Amanda Nunez. I, Amanda Nunez fight is not going to happen unless Cyborg goes back to the UFC, and that is a one percent chance of happening. And then she mentioned Kayla Harrison. Only way Kayla Harrison fight happens is if she if Cyborg decides to go to PFL or to UFC because I have a feeling that UFC will be back in play after Harrison's PFL year is over with. So and Harrison might be sticking around for longer in PFL. Who know? Who knows? And I mean, I I don't see either of those scenarios happening. So I mean, there's really I I don't you know I'm kind of getting. The whole cyborg thing is just kind of long in the tooth because there's there's really nothing for her I mean, left in this sport, honestly. This goes back like this goes back like ten years with like UFC and Strike Force. Like it's um you know, like it's it's always with her and, and it's like she's thinks she should be playing by different rules than everyone else and I don't know. Um I, I mean I I for some reason something in the back of my head thinks that they're gonna figure out a way to do this kayla harrison fight and it'll be on this uh ridiculous idea for a pay-per-view in uh you know at the end of the pfl season so somehow they'll make that happen whether it's co-promotion whether she signs with pfl who knows but i just have a feeling it's it's going to be a part you know it's going to happen on yeah i don't at some i don't point. see the, i don't see the co-promotion thing happening happening yeah so. i mean it, it's funny because scott coker says oh they haven't called me and it's like well you haven't called well, them either so you're owned you're owned <laughs> you're owned by viacom and you're going to try to co-promote co-promote with a promotion whose broadcast partner is espn they're gonna though i mean espn and showtime will have to get together to to figure out who the heck's going to be the one broadcasting it to begin with if you're gonna right and yeah and espn's so. not going to promote a show on their news shows if it's going to be on you know showtime pay-per-view for instance and and with espn so the fight the fight realistically if i'm looking at i have to be completely honest the fight would have to be under the pfl banner banner which and then on top of that like i mean is it even worth worth it for them to spend all that money for cyborg and and i mean i don't know that that fight's going to make any difference i don't know that pf PFL shouldn't even run a pay-per-view. It's 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 not No, no, no. I mean, no, regard, no. even if you have Cyborg against Harrison, I mean, nobody's yeah. going to care about it. You're not going to run it on a Saturday Saturday night. You're going to have to run it on a on a Friday night or or something and and any any night but Saturday's dead night for dead night for uh yeah. for MMA pay-per-views, so it's pointless to do anything. The um, I think like it's possible that this is the biggest non UFC fight out there. It's either that or another Pitbull McKee fight. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's not it's not gonna do 25,000 buys, maybe, maybe. 
um you know on on under the pfl banner i and ufc that fight you know that fight probably does you know 10 times that amount if not more so yeah. i mean because because um, like i bring it up and all you have to do is look at look at these ratings of these shows nobody cares yeah. about mma they care about ufc they don't care about I mma was, so. i was actually surprised by um i was surprised by the last week's um uh pitbull mckee number like they actually did like more viewers than i was expecting I mean, for that they, st- um, <laughs> they like still two, only did 16 or something yeah that's still a far cry from average and from oh from, yeah that's still that's still very low and that was just for that specific fight fight and then when you look at what they did on friday night they only had one fight oh, that I, broke hundred thousand thousand is from yeah. what i remember so 76,000 for the opener 97,000 for the second fight yeah uh and if, uh, it was ninety nine thousand for the main event right yeah and saturday's uh, probably just as bad maybe maybe a little more because i think no you know what no probably probably worse actually because ufc was on basketball um you know and and it's i think friday's always been a better night for them which is why the week before did better uh, but they, like you said in your last week's column, nobody even talks about Bellator anymore. Nobody knows these shows are happening. I'm, you know, I forget about them. Like, I mean, and I was looking forward to these fights. And when the day came, I just completely off my radar, like didn't even think about it until Saturday. And then Saturday, I was thinking about Friday. And then I, like, I didn't even watch it till today when I watched. So, um, you know, and that's, and I'm an, like a hardcore MMA fan, you know, compared to most people. So uh but yeah so anyways uh cyborg yeah she she um she kept her title she defeated arlene blanco in the uh main event i guess yeah i'm looking at this card and they've got like three fights after the main event but five round decision uh which i think if you had cyborg by decision on a on a bet you probably made a lot of money uh because i don't think anybody expected this to go very long but uh that uh did you did you see the fight because i didn't uh I saw the first round of the fight and I saw up until the foul. And then after that, I was, uh, out cold. We'll Fell asleep that way. Yeah. Okay. So no comment on whether or not this was just cyborg doing sparring practice. From the, or really <laughs> Belling Blanco actually gave from, her a fight from the looks of it, from the looks of it, looking at stats and stuff, it was a glorified sparring match, sparring match. And okay. from, comments i read i read it's like why it's like it sounded like cyborg took no chances in trying to finish her she was just you know just there for almost felt like she was there for a paycheck all right and uh and then in the uh co-main which uh is the to kick off the um well not kick off because it was the second match in the tournament but really it was the first title defense in the bantamweight grand prix ralphie and stotts became the new interim bantamweight championship uh defeating uh juan archuleta um maybe a bit of an upset but stotts is now 18 and one so maybe it shouldn't have been but well archuleta is the bigger name uh but stotts is uh he's on hell of a run i mean he you know that that law that win over josh hill looks a lot better now for josh hill in in retrospect that he had in uh in his uh a couple of years ago or no last year in may not even a year ago um but yeah that's his uh third f- f- sixth straight win in bell tour and uh three four 
six straight win, six straight winning Bellator, six straight win. No, actually that, that draw was in grappling. So 10th straight win overall. Um, his only loss in his whole career is to Mirab Devalishvili. So this, uh, this guy to keep an eye on real dude. Um, and yeah, Juan Archuleta was, uh, you know, probably most people's favorite. I thought the biggest upset on the card was, uh, Alima Lay McFarlane losing to Justine Keish, former uh, UFC fighter, kind of a mediocre UFC fighter at best, uh, lost in her Bellator debut, and then she comes in and beats the former champion, Alima Lay McFarlane. Um, I think the hype train on her is probably pretty much over now. Uh, would you Would you say? I mean, yeah, she was a for- she's a former Bellator champion, but she's lost like what two or three straight fights or something like that, or. Two or yeah. three the last few, few. I mean, what she, I mean, we talked about how the Bellator flyweight division on the women's side was rather weak and, and weak when she was champion. So maybe it's just she wasn't as good. At, she was good enough at the time to be champion, but maybe she just wasn't good enough to stay that stay at the top of the division or so or something. I don't I don't know. You know, she's just. I mean, she's never been super impressive to me. To me, she's got a great look, great walkout, and obviously the, the fans in Hawaii love her. But but she's never struck struck me as somebody who who's even like mid level, you know, mid level when it comes to like even like the UFC women's flyweight flyweight division. So I'm not really surprised that she lost lost i mean she's never struck me as somebody super impressive but i mean everything she's she's the complete package minus the top level fighting ability she's just got that mid-level fighting ability in my opinion kind of kind of like a page van zant yeah kind of yeah yeah very much yeah. like that um yeah, because I mean, Justine Keish, I mean, she, you know, she's a, she's not even a top 15 uh, UFC flyweight and she, she won a United decision. So, um, and then the other main card fight, actually, no, there's two other ones. Uh, Panchi Mix beat Kyoji Horiguchi. Eh, that, I mean, another one that, you know, probably most people are picking Kyoji, but maybe it shouldn't have been an upset because Patchy's got the better record. And in the opener, Yancey Medeiros, uh, Hawaiian, who's been wanting to fight there forever, got a United decision over Emmanuel. Sanchez the other uh big name for Hawaii guys former UFC fighter Kai Kamaka the third lost in the prelim split decision to Justin Gonzalez so uh, a little disappointing for him I didn't see any of this card um the um uh, the 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 stuff I did see was on the Friday show and it was really only I only saw the first two fights uh and then i had to stop because i had stuff to do but liz carmouche won the uh the flyweight title from juliana velasquez and i'm sure you know where i guess are carmouche and uh elaine mcfarland are their training partners right yes that's correct do you know yeah that's yeah correct. so i mean that was the thing is the only way they were they were ever going to fight was if you know if one of them won the title and the other one was a number one contender so um i guess the idea of that fight is probably out the window now with elaine mcfarland um lo- losing uh i don't know geez i mean i guess it doesn't it's Bellator, it doesn't matter i guess you're, you're going to do liz carmouche and justine kish now no um, gonna, or you'll do a rematch, they're, rematch. Gonna do the, they're gonna do the rematch because of the controversial finish yeah. of this fight carmouche uh had her against the fence was in the crucifix position and she was landing some 
she started to land some elbows and she landed like a couple and then all of a sudden Mike Beltran stopped the fight and and uh, Velasquez didn't look hurt she got right back up and and it looked like well, everybody thought it was felt like it was early stoppage I saw the fish I thought it was an early stoppage because she had barely landed landed anything and we've seen a lot of fighters to you know eat a lot more shots than than that i mean stoppages you know early late you don't you'd rather be early than be late but but yeah it was just kind of one of those deals where you know it was a questionable stoppage we'll say at least and uh it should be a rematch so i like i told you i didn't see it but i heard dave Meltzer talking about it and he mentioned that the um that when he was watching because he had heard about it before he watched it so he watched the fight back and what happened was as he's watching at the very split second where he thought the fight should have been stopped that's exactly when mike beltran stopped it but the 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 announcers were going off on it being an early stoppage and he figures that that's why everyone thinks it's an early stoppage now having said that I know you don't necessarily pay attention to the announcers, so I'm sure you're basing this on your own opinion. And, uh, you know, so I probably got to watch it back now and figure out what's happening. And I do intend to, but um, I just haven't had a chance to yet. So uh, if anything, I'll just go back and watch that that fourth round. And uh, But Liz Carmouche, uh, as you put in your column, she won a title, a major title for the first time in her career. Uh, you know, MMA pioneer was in the first ever UFC uh, women's fight. Uh, against Ronda Rousey, um, and uh, you know, good for her. I mean, she's had a career renaissance in Bellator. Uh, you know, and really, she was doing pretty good in UFC uh, before she left. Um, you know, she gave, she's about the only one that gave Valentina Shevchenko a fight. Although I'm not sure that was kind of almost like a cyborg Blinkow thing, I think. But uh, that was her fourth straight win in Bellator, and so over some decent names: Deanna Bennett, Vanessa Porto, uh, and now Julia, yeah, Juliana Velasquez. So good on her. Not much else on that main card. Um, I watched the first two fights, and they were both boring as hell. I would not recommend my worst enemy go back and watch these fights. And the prelims, there was nothing on the prelims. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Enrique Barzola uh, won the co-main. Danny Sabatello uh, beat Jornel Lugo, who is a was formerly undefeated um, and isn't anymore. Um, Grant Neal, I guess, is the one I saw. He got a unanimous, or a unanimous decision over uh, Christian Edwards. He lost the first round. Second round was kind of close, and then he kind of dominated the third round. So, But, uh, yeah, that was the two Bellator shows. And uh, lest we forget, we also had PFL uh, last week, and I did watch that. I watched that whole card. Well, the main card, anyways. And there's, you know, what people are calling a fight of the year contender. I... For me personally, I kind of still think that the two UFC fights we saw in the last, you know, month were just a little bit better and probably seen by more people. But this was a hell of a fight in the main event. Clay Collard and Jeremy Stevens. Um, Clay Collard, like Clay Collard won clearly uh, all three rounds, but Jeremy Stevens just would not quit. And Clay Collard just kept hitting them. And there was like almost no defense in this fight. Uh, both guys just landing incredible shots. And I can't remember the 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 actual strike count. I'm sure you have them there. But I think it was like something like 500 strikes thrown between the two of them in a three-round fight. Uh, just, just an insane war uh, to kick off what was actually a pretty good card. Yeah. Or to I mean, finish off what was a good card. Yeah, I didn't uh, quite see 
all that show because it was on a it was on a bad night for okay. me and I haven't won I haven't really watched it but yeah. I did see highlights of the main event and from what I heard it was absolutely incredible and I know I know there's when you kind of look at look at who was in the lightweight tournament that was the best possible matchup for a great fight and from all yep. sounds of it uh it exceeded expectations i mean jeremy stevens is always in exciting fights and clay collard ever since he's come back to mma mma after his little boxing run with the pfl pfl he's he's had some exciting fights so so it's no surprise it's no surprise that it turned into a great fight fight of the year contender contender possibly you know i'll go back and watch it later on this year to kind of kind of you know judge it i mean it's it's hard for a pfl fight to win fight of the year because they there's you yeah. know nobody in the crowd so there's not much noise not much noise so it's just uh but yeah from all all things i heard like that is definitely a fight if you missed it to go back and watch yeah, the the other main card fights. Roush Manfio uh, lost the first two rounds and looked like he was on his way to losing the third and and losing the fight. And then he he got a a third round uh, TKO, which it's kind of like the um, well, kind of like the Velasquez fight, but this was actually a KO, or maybe more accurately, the um, um, Sergio Pettis uh, fight where he was losing in and ended up winning uh, with a with a knockout. Uh, Shoeface got a 30-second submission over Delon Monte, uh, on, and also Olivier Orban Marcier won a split decision over Nathan Schult. So that's probably, we're probably heading for a clay collared Olivier Orban Marcier final. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan, even if you live far away. Like, maybe you like the Bears, but you're hibernating in Panthers territory. But with NFL Sunday Ticket, your out-of-market team is never more than a short distance away. Specifically, the distance from you to your remote control. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. I just went to my happy place. I just went to Maui, and it was truly amazing. Priceline has always been about getting you to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else, like up to 60% off select hotels in Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Um, and yeah, so that's, uh, that's PFL. They'll have their second show in the, um, in the tournament weeks coming up and we'll go over that in a little while, but the big, uh, card of the week was the UFC on ESPN plus, and this was a good card. Um, you, uh, messaged me cause you know, I watch these shows late and you told me, you know, like, I think it was about maybe 10 o'clock, which is 11 Eastern 10. You said, I don't know if you started watching yet, but the show's pretty easy watch. And I didn't start watching till 1145 and I was done by like 1:30. and I watched everything. Um, we had a lot of finishes on this card. Um, and even the fights that went to a decision were pretty good. Um, I did not tire at all. I didn't even come close to falling asleep on any of these, uh, any of these fights. Um, the main event, uh, Jessica Andrade, uh, first round submission over Amanda Limos. This was pretty good fight for three minutes and 13 seconds. Um, Jessica Andrade got a standing arm triangle choke and just 
put her to sleep. I mean, when, when she finally let go, like Lemos just dropped and, uh, I think she was out for a second and then came, came to when she hit the ground, but, uh, strong performance in her return to straw weight. Uh, Lemos was, I think ranked number 10, little 10 or 11 coming in and Andrade wasn't ranked cause she was stepping down from flyweight, but she's right in that mix now. Um, you know, she's probably got to win at least one more, but, um, you know, very, she couldn't have done better. I don't think. No, not at all. I mean, I mean, you can't do better than than having a first ever when it comes to the UFC. You know, the first yeah. ever standing arm triangle choke finish, and it was just it was great. Uh, it was a great finish. I mean, she she uh, Limos was you know winning the striking you know you know there and the, but then Andrade you know was gonna work in the clinch and just was able to find that find that neck and was was you know she was going for the standing arm triangle it took her a couple minutes but she's very patient and it was just kind of slowly coming together and Limos was having trouble defending it and it got locked in and Limos tapped and and you know she went down and she wasn't out but you know she was down and and I mean, and super impressive performance and, and pretty big win for Andrade because Limos was on the way up, you know, with five straight wins. Yeah, no kidding. Um, the, uh, yeah, I was, it's funny because you, you, cause you said it's the first ever. And yet as you're watching, like you could see it coming, like, you know, it was like you probably for a good solid minute it was like okay this is how this fight's gonna end and sure enough it did so and they were even calling it like oh my god she's gonna finish her with the standing arm triangle and uh and lo and behold she did so um you know and they did uh they did it like i wish i wasn't as you know like kind of rushed for time as i was when i watched this you know and how i skipped through this because it looked like they really did a really good job of like building up this fight throughout the show like they were showing lots of video packages for it and interviews with both of them <laughs> they had a lot of time <laughs> they did have a lot of time yeah yeah but it's like it's too bad they don't have this much time all the time because uh you know and god compared to these bell tour shows like oh my god like those things are such a chore to get through um and this was anything but that yeah um, they, I mean, yeah. they had we had eleven fights, seventy-seven minutes of total fight time, and seven first-round finishes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they had yeah. a lot of time to show video packages. I mean, like you said, you sometimes wish they had more time, but they're trying to cram as many fights into a tight window as they could. They could. It's a lot better than the Fox days, where where you would have a fight. You know, Fox was more like Bellator. You'd have a fight, then fifteen minutes of video packages and talking, then a fight. You know, and then you have that you have that going on across a. Four 14 fight card you're talking about eight nine hour long broadcast whereas whereas with the move to espn they're trying to fit 13 fights into a six hour window which is just you're gonna back to back fight which is which is good i mean the downtime kind of kills the shows so so the more fights the better and this one this one they got done in like what four and a half hours from uh yeah. just just yeah. probably from the time of the first fight starting till the last fight ended was probably about four and a half hours yeah, yeah maybe 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 about five five yeah yeah because they still started at at uh still started at whenever they, they still started at five they started at like five twenty though like i mean they the broadcast starts yeah. at five yeah but they're you know they're they don't the first fight doesn't go into the cage for 15 20 minutes but after they start so and then they were done by like nine forty-five, right? It was about ten o'clock. Yeah, 
10 okay all right yeah but yeah excellent uh excellent show and excellent main event uh just Andrade, you know we'll uh we'll, we'll be seeing her in uh the big straw weight fight uh sure coming up i think yeah one at most two but probably one more win especially if it's a finish and and she'll be going against whoever the champion is coming out of uh the um uh on oh what is it nami Yunus and um the straw uh, carla esparza I was going to say Estrada. I don't know where I got that from. And in the co-main, uh, another uh, just over three-minute uh, submission, uh, Claudio Puelles uh, over Clay Guida. And uh, damn, this was, I mean, he was going for this knee bar. I think it was his fourth knee bar submission. Um, and he was just, he didn't stop going for it. Guida was winning the kind of on the feet, I think, a little bit, but then Puelos kept trying to get it to the ground and he ended up doing that and he was searching for all kinds of different submissions and he ended up getting that knee bar and, uh, and he cut a promo afterwards. He Now, I think this was the guy... Now, maybe I'm wrong. No, you know what? The guy that called, that said, I'm not ready for this fight, but I want it anyways, was Jordan earlier. Um, I don't remember exactly what Puelos said, but... Uh, or maybe he was because he had an interpreter and I usually fast forward those post fight promos when they have interpreters, but, um, nice win for him. Fifth straight win in a row, uh, you know, fighting, fighting out of Peru. Uh, and, uh, yeah, El Nino, 26 years old. Wow. He's younger than I thought. Uh, but, uh, yeah, nice big win for him over Clay Guida. And it was the last fight on Clay Guida's contract you had in your uh, column. So could be, could be it for him. eh? I hope not. I mean, he's, you kind of felt like not too. Of, you kind of felt like one of those guys where he was going to be in the UFC until he decided to retire. He's been he's been there for almost 16 years un, uninterrupted, but at the same time, you just kind of never know with the with these people. I don't think I think they have a hard time letting letting people who are in their Hall of Fame go when Guida technically is yeah. the guy in a hall, a hall of Fame, you know, in the fight fight wing and plus they love going him in this year, right? No, he already he's been in for That'd a couple That'd be a years. bad look if Oh, okay. Which, which is the fight that's going in this year? Cub Swanson and Duho Choi. Oh, Cub Swanson. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, sorry. Uh, yeah, I was I was yeah, mixing so, that up with this. With, so, but yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, I don't want to see him go either. I mean, you know, and he just had that big win over Leonardo Santos, like, you know, four months ago. Yeah, he's he's one. He's in the whole in the stage of win some, lose some in his kind of in his career. So yeah, so uh, you know it wouldn't surprise me if they didn't resign him, but I think they will as long as he wants to keep fighting. I think he he'll be with the UFC and and but uh, you just also but you also got to say just you never know these days. Well, put him in there against Donald Cerrone and let's make everybody happy. Never never saw that match yet, so. Amazingly enough, right? Yeah, 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 that's never happened. Uh, all right, and then uh, in maybe, well, no, I mean, not the main event was bigger, Gotta but do uh, three stars. Pretty big... Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry, three stars. Yeah, what am I doing? Okay, I got three stars. I got three. Yeah, stars. you're trying to. So you're trying to do our old our old way of review. Yeah, I know. So, yeah. I'm. Uh, I'm. I've. It's been a long weekend, dude. Okay, my three stars. Anybody that's ever listened to the show knows the first two are going to be the two Canadians, Charles Jordan. Uh, another first round submission: guillotine choke over Groovy Lando Venata. 
uh, just looked outstanding. Uh, Venata, completely different look. He, he shaved his head. He's got a goatee. And uh, he looked real good on the feet again. But then Jordan got him down and, and got the guillotine submission. Um, so, yeah, big, big win for him. Uh, another Canadian, Marc-Andre Berriot, uh, another first-round submission. Mounted guillotine choke over Jordan Wright in uh, just uh, two and a half minutes. So, big win for the Canadians. And my my first star, or third star, however you want to look at it, uh, Action Mike Jackson <laughs> over Dean Barry. Just destroyed Dean Barry and, and got the first round stoppage. Uh, not exactly. Uh, Mike Jackson uh, won via DQ and Barry got his second foul in under four minutes. Uh, sold it like a champ to get the DQ. <laughs> As soon as the DQ was announced, he was like, oh, all of a sudden he was, oh, he's just fine. And, oh, I didn't want to win that way. It's like, yeah, bullshit. You didn't want to win that way. You weren't going to win any other way, dude. And he's going to get another fight. So this is hilarious. The gift that just keeps on giving with Mike Jackson. Maybe he can get signed for one fight and have it canceled three times. And five years from now, we'll still be talking about Mike Jackson wanting to get his third UFC fight. So that's my third star. (laughs) I've I've got nothing to say about that fight that had no business being <laughs> that had no business being on that card. That card. He is I mean other than CM Punk, he's the worst fighter in like modern UFC history. Yeah. Like not even close, right? Yeah, and even even Dean Barry, I don't know like like why they even bothered bother with him. They're trying to find another Irish guy, guy to kind of yeah. but like he's not ready or even good to be he, there. Like, but he was destroying Mike Jackson. Like he was yeah, on his way to a tenny round. Because Mike Jackson is is the ultimate tomato can. Like, like yeah, come on, he's, like he's it's pulling like, a guy like, off press row, literally. Like, like, yeah, literally. Yeah, like did you? I don't know. You, you weren't on Twitter, but after that, after that fight was over, I put. We now enter the actual UFC portion of this card. Oh yeah, yeah. No. but uh, yeah, that's just that's a joke of a fight. And well, I, that, you got my first star. Yeah, I mean, you know, <laughs> hey, being being best friends with you know when one when uh when you're best friends with one of the matchmakers, you know, you know, you yeah. get a little leeway. So so yeah, it's kind of dumb. So who do you got? Who do you got for stars? Uh first one I'm going with Tyson Pedro. Uh he hasn't fought. Oh yeah. He hasn't fought since December 2018. Uh Ike Villanueva probably still shouldn't have been in the UFC with a 1 and 4 record, but but it was a perfect opponent for Pedro to come back after you know three and a half years off or over three years off. Uh you know just <laughs> leg kicked the shit out of him until Villanueva's yeah. leg gave, gave out and then a punch on the ground ended it first round knockout for Pedro. He looked good. Looked good. Hopefully he you know stays stays uninjured because I mean his his knee injuries and surgeries it was not good i mean i mean you know had the you know he had a cadaver i think it was he had a cadaver for his acl or something something or something or something something about his acl surgery got botched by the doctors so that's why he was out for so for so long because just the i mean almost ended his career but uh my second star I spent all Saturday, try, you know, saying this name to try to pronounce it correctly, and I've done forgot how to pronounce oh. it. But uh, Riley, the Chinese guy, or Eric, oh. or yeah, however you want to, however you say, it. I had it down perfect the other. Rocky Lang, 
I don't know. I should have watched. I should have watched the a replay of of them saying it before we started recording. The so Mongolian murderer. Yeah, but uh, yeah, he had a first round first round finish of Cameron Else, and and it was a good bounce back after he had lost his first two UFC fights. He moved up to bantamweight, and he looked perfect there. He had a whole lot of power. It was a huge left hook to the body that dropped Else. It was just a vicious body shot and a whole bunch of punches on the ground. It was probably a little bit of a late stoppage, to be honest, to be honest, because Cameron Else took a lot of punches on the ground. But, yeah, it was super impressive showing from uh, Aori. And then my third star, I got to copy you and go with Charles Dordain because – Everybody was kind of everybody, myself included, was expecting that to be the fight of the night. It only went two and a half minutes, but it was a fun two and a half minutes. And 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 I loved the finish because he had that guillotine locked in so tight with his legs around Venata Venata's body that he was actually pulling Venata's shorts off, which is which I hadn't yeah. ever seen. But uh, but yeah, that was a crazy finish, and and he was the one calling out Edson Barboza afterwards, saying, "I don't right. think I'm ready for that yeah. fight, and I think I I think I'll die inside the octagon for that fight, but it's the fight <laughs> I want." So he so, should have got fifty yeah. k for that promo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, both, him was, Cla- both him and Claudio Puelas uh, and Tyson Pedro, Pedro, they cut pretty good post-fight promos. So, yeah, that was just... They did, you know, yeah. Guy, it's it's funny how, you know, some of these, some of these guys in UFC can talk. It's fun. And it's funny. I mean, they're, you know, they got good personalities. So, there's there's one other thing I want to mention before you run down the rest of the card. Um the there was a fight that we haven't talked about yet and you'll you'll bring up but preston parsons and evan elder this fight was a perfect example of a fight that should have been in front of fans because the, the, that fight would have been people would have been talking about that as a fight of the year contender uh when it was over between two guys that you don't even know because the i can just tell i've seen fights like this and the, the way those two guys fought and left it all in there and went three rounds uh it was just a great great fight and yeah. uh, I, I, I don't think it, it even won fight of the night, but it, <laughs> I, I think uh, with a crowd, yeah, it would have. There were some more. So uh, maybe not. I mean, the one that won fight, it was a, it was a fun fight. The one that got fight of the night deserved it. So that was. Yeah, yeah. That was really, yeah. I just think like when I'm watching this fight, I was like, man, this fight is good. And there's comebacks and there's, you know, one of those like no defense, like the Guida Puelos fight too, for the three minutes that it lasted, you know, would have, would have been like crowd would have been going insane for that too. But uh, yeah, I just, I think those kind of fights like would, would just, you know, we think I to get out of this apex, but that's a broken record. Yeah. Um, I mean, okay. Yeah, so like take the, us the, through the rest of these fights. It, it is. It is a broken record talking talking about getting out of the apex, but we're going to be still talking about getting out of the apex come July. So who? So we're going to be talking about fights in the apex oh. for the rest of our lives, lives for the from the looks of it. So it, it it's pointless at this at oh, this awesome. point. Yeah, but yeah, but anyway, uh, the the show kicked off with the uh, non UFC fight between Mike Jackson and Dean <laughs> Dean Barry that ended in a DQ. 
Uh, Barry kicked him in the balls four times, uh, you know, and uh, pretty badly. And Mike Jackson was very colorful on the ground in in his response. And he claimed like he didn't. He he was he claimed his nuts were still hurting four hours later. Who knows? But then they got back to action. and Barry was nearly finished. Oh yeah. And it was a very blatant eye gouge. So, I mean, like Dean Barry was doing every foul in the book. Book on the. I mean, you don't want to say poor Mike Jackson, but. Poor Poor Mike Jackson. Nobody deserves to be kicked in the balls as hard as he did. And then a minute later, have, have I mean, Barry's finger was all the way in the eye. Like, like you know, if you're trying to yeah. rip a guy's eyeball out, that's how that's what it looks like. The, nobody deserves that, even if you're a tomato can. can. But, uh, yeah, Mike Jackson lives, lives to fight another day. Uh, then we had a light heavyweight fight. Felipe Lenz uh, scored a decision over Marcin Prachnio. Uh, Lenz looked good moving down to 205. He had fought there before but moved up to heavyweight. But he looks he looks good at light heavyweight, and he has looks strong like left. a completely different guy. Like yeah, just yeah. like yeah. yeah, he does. But uh, yeah, just he had a strong last two rounds to win that fight. Uh, then we had the welterweight fight, Preston Parsons, unanimous decision over Evan Elder, thirty twenty six, and then two thirty twenty seven scorecards. Parsons dominated the fight, but Elder was was you know bring you know. He had some good moments, but Parsons was, was mainly Parsons dominating on the ground. And, uh, you know, the second and the third were close to 10, eight rounds, but, uh, but yeah, it was a good action, good action while it lasted a really fun fight. Then you had the Bantamweight fight, Aor Kling, uh, finishing Cameron Ellis in two minutes, 48 seconds. Then you had Tyson Petro knocking out Ike Villanueva in four minutes, 55 seconds. Then you had a really fun fight, a uh, welterweight fight. Sergey Kondoshko uh, finished Dwight Grant in the second round. The first round was a back-and-forth round where they each dropped each other and looked to be, uh, I mean, both of them were close to being finished, but they survived the first. And then the second was kind of going the same way, and then Kondoshko uh, dropped Grant and finished them off off with about you know with less than a minute to go in the second round really fun fight that's the one that got fine of the night and then the main card we had mark andre barrio submitting jordan wright with a guillotine choke uh wright tried to take him down but barrio grabbed the neck and then swept to the top and had a mounted guillotine and it was in it was in deep and got right to tap uh you had charles jordan submitting lando venata with the Guillotine choke in two and a half minutes. He had a women's flyweight fight. Macy Barber scored a unanimous decision over Montana De La Rosa. This was mainly three rounds of them battling in the clinch and reversing positions. It was not all that exciting, and Barber did had more control time and did more damage when there was actually striking going on, going on. But there wasn't a whole lot of action in the fight. Yeah, Claudio Puella submitting. Clay Guida with a knee bar in three minutes, and then Jessica Andrade submitting Amanda Lemos with a standing arm triangle choke in just over three minutes in the main event. Performance bonuses went to those last two fights, Andrade and uh, Claudio Puelas, and Dwight Grant and Sergey Kandashko got the 50,000 bonuses for Fight of the Night. And that one as well was, you know, kind of back and forth fight that the crowds usually just love. So I think the fan, like, that's another one that would have been better with, with fans. So, um, and, and then, you know, like a fight like Barber De La Rosa actually may be worse with fans because they might have been like booing it and stuff. And whereas here, they just let them fight. So I would have been better but with fans because that was uh, it was a really good show. Uh, and you know what? If you haven't watched it and you. 
You think it would have been better with fans? Yeah. Yeah, because Barbara you would have yeah, because you would have heard all the boos <laughs> instead of the silence from the apex. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, the um, but yeah, I uh, if you haven't watched the show yet, you know what? Give yourself like an hour and a half and go watch it because you can get through all these fights and uh, you know, like you said, seventy-seven minutes of action. So, uh, good show, and uh, I wish we had more of these. So, uh, we will look ahead now. Now that we've uh, gone back to we gone gone back, we can go forward, and we've got another PFL this week. Uh, not as big as last week's show. Uh, really, for me, like the biggest fight on the card is on the prelims, uh, which is uh, Lance Palmer and Chris Wade. Um, you know, the main event is Bruno Capaloza and Stuart Austin. Like, where the hell those two guys are? Uh, Brendan Lognane is. That's the guy that was on the Contender Series a couple of years ago that everyone was on, Dana White, that he should have given him a contract, and he didn't, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah, okay. 2019. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and then he uh, he was in the – he lost to Moved Kabuliev in the playoffs last year. So uh, he's back for another run at the featherweight title. But there is nothing on this main card. Like, I'm baffled, actually, by, by this. Uh, so I don't know. I'll watch because I watch everything, but I'm not – terribly looking forward to this card am i missing something or i don't even card, know what, right i don't even know what the actual lineup is because i've seen like three different <laughs> three different ones over oh, the last okay, two days okay. I, two days the one i have the latest one i have actually has lance palmer and chris wade as the co-main event so who knows what it is oh okay what's on okay. this so well and what, then that makes a lot more sense than what i'm looking at like yeah Ante Delizia and matthias chaffel is on the main card no, uh the one Henry i have Herrera and the one I have okay, it ahead. has has two heavyweight fights and two featherweight fights. It has Capazola okay. and Austin. You got Kyle Boschniak and Bubba Jenkins on that that's on your on lineup. The prelims, yeah. Okay, that see to me that's a main card fight. Yeah. But uh, you know, I mean, I think it's all on ESPN Plus. Oh no, it's ESPN two this week. Uh, so it's Thursday. Uh, so last week was Wednesday. This week's on Thursday. <laughs> it's it's and not, it's it's gonna get killed in the ratings. Oh, well, last week did what, like 138,000 on ESPN? Yeah. This thing might do 50,000. Yeah. And it's going against the NFL draft. Oh, God. You know what? I'm looking at a poster. Uh, I mean, and I'm assuming it's the whole main card and it's the fights that I mentioned. So who knows? We'll find out on Thursday. Um, yeah, it's in your neck of the woods too. Uh, so yeah, that'll be Thursday on ESPN Plus for the prelims and ESPN Two for the main card. And then speaking of ESPN Two and ESPN is uh, next week's UFC and obviously ESPN Plus as well. Um, and the main event, I swear to God, before I started preparing for this show, I had no idea what the main event for this show was because I don't remember them talking about it on the card. They talked a lot about the pay-per-view uh, coming up uh, in a couple weeks, but uh, they did not talk much about this card, at least that I saw. Uh, but the main event is a bantamweight fight, Rob Font and Marlon Cheeto Vera. Uh, biggest fight of Cheeto Vera's career, uh, and he's you know he's been on a pretty good run. Uh, you know he beat Frankie Edgar in his last fight, um, and uh, yeah, I think it's his first main event. Uh, just looking through, Cheeto you Vera's off first top of your head, event, yeah. but I don't see any. Yeah, I don't see any other ones. And Rob Font is you know a former guy that was like knocking on the door of title contention. Um, and uh, oh my god, like I mean we'll go over everything, but look at Comain like. Where the hell did that come from? But uh, Font and Vera, tell us about this fight. 
Uh, yeah, it's a very good bantamweight fight. I mean, these are two guys who who have paid their dues in the division and deserve to headline. Obviously, Font has headlined a couple cards before, but uh, but yeah, Vera's first main event, and and he's coming off a big win over Frankie Edgar. Uh, Font is trying to rebound from that loss to Jose Aldo. The winner of this is going to keep themselves in that tight bantamweight title picture. A loser isn't going to fall far back. Uh, especially if it's Vera. I think this is much more must-win for Font because that would be two straight losses. And two straight losses at 135 pounds right now is tough to bounce back from because you just got so many killers. But as far as a matchup, I think this is going to be a one hell of a fight. And I'm kind of glad it's a headline fight. It's not a it's not a huge fight, but um, but it's, uh, you know, it's definitely a fight that deserves kind of five rounds, in my opinion. Oh yeah. I mean, it's, uh, and, and that's the kind of fight that you really want to see for five rounds because I, I have a feeling if this was three rounds, you know, at the end of it, we'd be like, Oh man, I wish we could have seen them for 10 more minutes. And I would not put money on this going, you know, like stopping or ending early. Like I think both these guys can go five rounds, even though we've never seen it from Marlon Vera, but I don't see any reason to believe that he can't. So um, yeah, this should be hell of a fight. And Vera's a real popular guy, probably going to have a lot of family and friends at the apex. So uh, it could be a raucous uh, small crowd. Um, but yeah, I'm uh, really looking forward to that one. Um, and, uh, I mean, yeah, we'll, we, we're not going to run down the whole card. We'll do our three fights we're looking forward to, and then you can run down everything. But Jake Collier in the co-main event is, that's an incredible, like, story given where he was, you know, a couple of years ago and, uh, fighting Andre Arlovsky, who just will never stop, uh, you know, him and, uh, uh, whatchamacallit, what's his name? Alexi Olenek are probably heading for a fight at UFC 300 or something. Um, but yeah, I, uh, this fight, this card, like just looking up and down it, you know, it, it's a card. I mean, it's, I, to me, it's like almost even a little bit better than some cards. Like there's a lot of fighters I know on the card, but there's a few fights where I don't know either guy, which hardly ever happens. So, um, I don't know. Um, anything else that we need to spotlight before we get into the three fights we're looking forward to that you, um, that you can come up with? I mean, they're all in the three fights to, Really? Okay. All right. So, so you know what? You do your three first because I, I have a feeling mine are going to be different. Okay. I'm going to start. Uh, I'm going to go featherweight fight Andre Feely against Joe Anderson Brito. Uh, both these guys are coming off a uh, off of setbacks. Feely didn't lose. He's on a two fight winless skid, but he's coming off a no contest. And Brito is coming off a loss in his UFC debut. But Feely, especially, has been known to be an action fighter for a long time from the Team Alpha Male camp. And he's usually in pretty fun fights. And this will probably be a fun fight. Uh, then a uh, uh, second fight to watch is actually the first fight on the card overall. It's a flyweight fight. Tetsuro Tyra against Carlos Candelario. Both these guys are making their UFC debuts, but Tyra is a big-time uh, Japanese prospect who's undefeated 10-0, has tons of potential, and is kind of one of those guys. You know, he coming straight to the UFC. doesn't have to go through contender series or anything else. So when guys come straight to the UFC from somewhere and they're 10 and 0, that means they got a lot of potential and a lot of, a lot of, uh, you know, they're trying to build them up. So that's a big showcase fight for Tyra. And then my third fight to watch, uh, I'm going to cheat though, but, uh, it's the main event. I mean, there's, <laughs> it's, there's, okay. there's, I mean, this card is, yeah. it's got some good matchups, but it's not, 
you know, some of the match while the matchups are good, some of them don't strike me as like, like, oh, you must see this fight or this could be exciting. A lot of them could be drawn out, boring decisions, whereas these three fights, I think, will actually be action packed. So I'm going to go with for my three, um, Jared Gordon and Grant Dawson on the main card, lightweight fight. Um, these guys have both have great records when you talk about fights that are probably going to go to a decision. I mean, this definitely fits into that. Although, you know, um, they, they also are capable of finishing and I just, uh, I, I'm real big fan of both these guys. And, and I think whichever one of them comes out of here with a win is, you know, is probably getting close to that next level of getting real close to fighting, you know, top 15 guys. So, um, I'm, uh, I'll have a close eye on that one. Uh, I like the heavyweight fight uh alexander romanoff and chase sherman chase sherman's always a lot of fun he's a big meathead but uh vanilla gorilla is fun he's uh lost his last three fights so he's gonna be desperate including two of the three losses being to the two guys in the co-main event uh jake collier and andre olofsky uh but i uh, and romanoff is an unbeaten heavyweight and he's actually like in you know he's a big guy uh, he's not like cut and svelte or anything but he's actually in good shape and oh, uh, and still what did you did you not see you know this this you know this fight was supposed to happen this on this last card this past weekend but it got canceled during yeah it got moved during, right yeah so uh so i'm just i just kind of cutting in on the romanov thing because you're talking about his size but i'm guessing you didn't see him at the weigh-ins no was he like he was overweight. in the past. He was like two sixty two and all that, and kind of a little on the, you know, kind of, you know, he could he could probably if he lost some weight, he'd be in better shape. He got he is now two forty and kind of ripped. <laughs> so now, okay, in, well, I was gonna say like I always remember him being in pretty good shape for a heavyweight, but oh, he's he, like Jack now. You're saying. he he lost twenty pounds and he looks incredible shape. And then of course, okay, okay, awesome. And then of course, if you don't know the Chase Sherman story, you know he was actually out of the UFC. He was his yeah. after the three fights, but uh, he he uh, took this fight on short notice and got a new UFC contract out of it. Out of it after having his contract not renewed okay, after cool. the la- last fight. So second time, right? Because he was cut once before. This will be his, he was doing bare knuckle be, fighting for a little yeah, while. Yeah, this will. I would guess you could say, even though he didn't have a fight in between stints, this would technically be his third UFC stint. So, you okay. know, though, if you want to cheat and say it's still a continuation of his second stint because he didn't fight anywhere else in between. Didn't I actually leave. That. Yeah. Yeah. I, I okay. And then, well. and then if you, if, if you know me, you probably think I'm going to pick Darren Elkins and Tristan Connolly or maybe Gina Mazzani and Shanna Young. But nope, I'm going to pull a wild card and I'm going to pick Johan Lainis and Gabe Green. Just because I see that Lainis is an 8-0 contender. Uh, we saw him on the Contender Series get a first-round knockout last summer. and uh, Or sorry, last winter, uh, November. And uh, he has, well, I'm just looking at his record right now, 6 two four yeah six finishes in eight fights i remember seeing this guy in tko uh back when he did on ufc fight pass and uh you know he was very early in his career then but you could tell he had something and uh, i'm really uh interested in him uh he's out of uh, quebec obviously and uh he's a, yeah he's a guy that i want to keep an eye on so there are a lot of undefeated fighters on this card uh or well two anyways um you got romanoff and Lainis, so 
Oh, and Tyra, uh, the guy you mentioned. So, um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, again, not a huge card, but, uh, it could be some fun fights. And sometimes these fights, these cards are the ones that deliver. I don't know. It's gonna be tough to deliver as well as last week did, but, um, let us know the rest of these fights. Okay. So, uh, we start off, uh, on ESPN two, four thirty Eastern time, three thirty uh, in in our uh, neck of the woods. But uh, starts off with the flyweight fight: Tatsura Tyra against Candel- Carlos Candelario. Then you have the women's flyweight fight: Gina Mazzani and Shanna Young. Then you have a lightweight fight: Nathan Levy against Mike Breeden. Both these guys are zero and one in the UFC, so the winner will be getting their first UFC win. Uh, then you have the welterweight fight: Gabe Green against Johan Liness. Uh, and then you have the heavyweight fight, Alexander Romanov against Chase Sherman. And the prelims close out with a flyweight fight between the champion's uh, older brother, Francisco Figueredo. Uh, he fights Daniel Lacerda. And maybe uh, if Figueredo wins, we'll get my dream fight of brother 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 versus brother for the flyweight title though i doubt it's ever going to happen uh then you go to the main card on espn starts at seven eastern time uh middleweight fight kicks off with middleweight fight christoph jaco against gerald mearshart uh we've seen mearshart a bunch of times uh, he's you know he usually has pretty good fights the opposite could be said for jaco he usually has pretty boring fights so this could go go either way then you have featherweight fight Darren Elkins against Tristan Connolly. Darren Elkins has never been in a fight that he didn't enjoy, and he always gets bloody. So even, you know, I mean, Darren Elkins could probably sneeze and and uh and he and he starts bleeding from the top of his head. So uh, I mean, that could be a pretty fun fight. Connolly's Connolly's been in some fun fights. He's most remembered for that for taking that fight against Michelle Pajaya on like few days notice and scoring the upset because Fajaya was acting like a jackass but uh but yeah that, that might be a fun fight then you had a lightweight fight you were talking about Jared Gordon against Grant Dawson uh featherweight fight I talked about Andre Feely against Joe Anderson Brito heavyweight fight in the co-main event Andre Arlovsky versus Jake Collier then you end the night with the bantamweight main event Rob Fine against Marlon Chito Vera yeah, should be uh should be a fun night of MMA on fr- on uh, Saturday. So that kicks off at 4:30 Eastern, so a little bit earlier, and 12 fights, so probably done by what 11, 10, 10 uh, our time. Uh nine. so maybe nine, in a little bit they'll earlier. They'll try to they'll try to shoot for 9. Yeah. Hard 9. Time. Okay, so 10 10 Eastern. So uh getting time for the late NBA game and uh hopefully uh no spoilers because I haven't finished watching, but I have a pretty good idea how it was going. Uh, hopefully my Raptors will still be playing by Saturday. Um, all right. And uh, so that's going to do it for uh, the um, the upcoming MMA. Uh, there's also a Uri Faber um, A1 combat show that they were talking about on the, on the broadcast that's airing on UFC Fight Pass uh, on Sunday. But uh, we got some news and there is a little bit of news and looking, scanning down your thing, the thing I'm most interested in. And again, a lot of times I'm seeing this stuff for the first time when I read your column. And it was that Robert Whitaker is out of uh, his fight with Marvin Vittori. And um, uh, that was, was supposed to be on UFC 275. And you are suggesting that you would take Vittori and put him up against Darren Hill for that uh, rumored show in Liverpool in July. 
Well, I mean, the Liverpool show isn't rumored. It's just not announced yet. But uh, yeah, on July 20th. Okay, okay. 23rd, 23rd. But, uh, but I mean, Liverpool, we, we've talked about Liverpool. I mean, the three fighters from Liverpool that you expect on the card are Darren Till, Patty Pimblett, and Molly McCann. And I've said that yeah. Till should probably be the headliner with Pimblett in the co-main. And when you look at potential matchups for Darren Till with uh, Vittori not having an opponent, it kind of makes sense. I don't think they'll do it they'll do it because Vittori is not a favorable matchup for Darren Till because of the wrestling and all all that though those two would build up a fight pretty fun I mean I guess it'd be pretty fun we know how Marvin Vittori you know he kind of talks like a high school jock high school jock where every other word is a is an expletive and but and Darren Till is somebody who can get under his skin uh I think it would be a good fight for that show as a headliner. I don't think that some fights would be made. If I had to guess, it would be Darren Till against Jack Hermanson because that's a fight they've tried to make a few times. But, yeah, I mean, but the point is Robert Whitaker out with an ankle injury. Uh, he's going to fight. He's planning on fighting again in the fall now. So uh, that's a okay. that's kind of a blow to that Singapore card. But now you kind of like – it won't overshadow. It won't overshadow or be overshadowed by the Joanna Whaley rematch before the two title fights. So it kind of, it's kind of True. like it's kind of it. It's a hit to that card, but at the same time, it's probably better off not being on that card, in my opinion. And uh, and the uh, the winner of Cerrone and Lausanne in a couple weeks, they can fight uh, Patty in the co-main. Yeah. And there's my little matchmaking for yeah. for everybody. Uh, what else are you, do you want to highlight from these news? Uh, Francis Ngannou? Uh, well, we got, we should probably talk about Francis and more so on his uh, okay on his interview with Ariel Hawani today because uh, Francis was at okay Francis was at the Tyson Fury fight on on Saturday and. They were. It was brought in the ring by Tyson after the after he won, and the two were teasing a matchup. And Naganu is, of course, he's going to be talking with UFC about a new deal. Uh, he said that he feels like he can fight uh, coming off his knee surgery in December. So. The interesting thing is, and Tyson Fury was talking about how he's retiring from boxing after this. So I'm kind of putting the tea leaves together and then, okay, let me back up a little bit. And Nagano was talking about all these kind of different rules, mixed rules, and Fury was talking the same. same. Reading the tea leaves, to me, it feels like it's becoming less of an actual fight between the two and more of like an exhibition fight. Which means it's kind of, it kind of feels meaningless. And if it's not an actual fight, if it's an actual exhibition fight, the fight really doesn't matter. It doesn't, there's, it's kind of pointless to have it because, because, you know, you're going to have, and, and there's probably going to be a lot of bickering between the two when it comes to actual negotiations about, about what rules we're going to be under to the point where, where I'm not even confident that a fight will be, would happen between the two between the two. But uh, Nagano said that when he goes to negotiate with the UFC, he says the Tyson Fury fight has to be a part of the negotiations. But I, I'm not confident that the fight is actually going to happen, even if the UFC okays it. Okays it. There's just too many like variables, and it's like whatever juice there, w- there was for that fight, 
it's being quickly squeezed by all these talk about all this talk about you know what what rules are they going to be in it doesn't feel like it's going to be an actual fight it feels like it's going to be just an exhibition where where you know one round is under one rules one round is under the other and there's no actual winner of a fight because because if it's a straight up boxing match francis nagano has zero chance (laughs) of winning that fight yeah that fight. He's got the and same I, chance Mike Jackson yeah. had against Conor Barry. Yeah, and honestly, if the fight uh, ends up being an exhibition, like it's Nagano's not going to make the money he thinks he's going to make for it because because why would you pay? I mean, why would these people pay big prices for you know fights that for a fight that essentially doesn't matter? So I mean, I mean, I guess it depends what kind of guarantee they can get from, um, you know, whoever's going to broadcast it. Yeah, like if it's you know, like Triller think... would have given Trill, yeah. Triller would have paid money for this a couple of years ago, but they wouldn't now. Yeah, um, yeah. And I, I and can't if, see Showtime or or ESPN or anybody paying for this. And, and the funny thing is, if it's if Nagano's under a UFC deal, if they sign him and they okay this fight. ESPN Plus would have to be the promoter, and I don't see them wanting it. So no, no. I mean, unless unless they think that maybe they can get a foothold in England, uh, you know, with Tyson Fury. But I mean, I, if for an exhibition, Fury's, yeah, Tyson Fury's fights have already been on ESPN Plus. This this last oh, one okay, was, okay. Was I mean, they just wouldn't be interested in this. Okay, oh, I it's just that. it's. I it, I didn't see I didn't see the fight. Like I I heard about it, but yeah, but I Fury, uh, I'm not paying but money for a, Fury for a boxing match I mean, unless it's Fury's next move is, you know, from the sounds of it, his next move is WWE and and he you know he talked yeah about, that he big talked, stadium show in in September yeah, yeah. and right. he talked about not boxing anymore, which I mean. I mean, there's really nothing left for him to do, to be honest. I mean, I do, I do think he'll at least come back for one more, one more fight, but it won't be until next year, next year. And you know, honestly, Nagano is is being. I really think Nagano is being dicked around by a, by his management team, okay. his management team, and we all know, we all know. The well, UFC and, they, and you've mentioned it before. They have the team. feud. They have the just, feud with. If UFC, he would just dump right? his management team, yeah. team, everything would be would be a okay. Go ahead, I cut you off there. Yeah, if Nagata would just would it would just drop his management team and drop Markel Martin and drop CAA and get a different management team, there's zero question there would be a new deal. But but Markel Martin is so mad so mad that he lost his forty thousand dollar year job with UFC seven years ago that he still wants to stick it to him to him. So he's he's you know whole he's ill-advising Francis Nagano, you know, uh, and, uh, yeah, it's just, it's, it's dumb. Francis should be fine. Francis should cash in on whatever time he has left, left to fight MMA, because honestly, if this fight with Fury ends up being just an exhibition fight, you can do it years down the line. It's not going to make any difference whether it happens in 2023 or 2026 at this point, at that point. All right. Um, and then I think the only other thing that I thought I found interesting in, in your news rundown was uh, the the stuff about the USADA drug testing updates. Uh, so you, you mentioned in your column, for those that haven't read it, there's one fighter under UFC contract that you could find that has not been tested thus far in 2022. Um, now, you mentioned some that have been tested, including John Hathaway, 
who, uh, you know, if you've only started watching MMA in the last five, six years, you've never heard of this dude because he last fought in 2014. Travis Brown, uh, Ronda Rousey's husband, hasn't fought in five years. He's been tested. Uriah Faber, who's still fighting, uh, and he's coaching, and he's got that big show coming up. Um, but he, uh, he's he been tested three times this year, and he may even be retired. John Jones, who hasn't fought in over two years, he's been he's been fighting. So there's one guy that's never been tested so far in 2022. Um, I, who is it? Mike Jackson? No, it's Connor. Obviously, it's not Mike it Jackson because I Mike know Jackson it's Connor. We're gonna play the game for a while. You get it? Yeah. Else. Okay. Yeah. No, I, I mean, know, but I mean, I can't yeah, say Connor for, McGregor has not been tested. I can't. I can't say for certain he's the only UFC fighter because I would actually have to go go like check like get the list of every UFC fighter and hit and check them off as it. But from what I'm looking, from what I'm looking, he's the only yeah notable name that I've that. Is hasn't shown up on the on the drug testing pool thus far this year, which is kind of odd because I'm not 100 percent sure this is the rule, but from what I knew is every fighter is supposed to be tested every quarter. You're supposed to be tested at least four times a year, okay. four times a year, you know, at, at a minimum. I I can't believe like John and Hathaway fact, is still under contract. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's still under contract, still in the testing pool, and. And all that, but you know, same with Travis Brown. All these, uh, I've heard, I've heard talk about Hathaway uh, coming back, coming back. I've been hearing talk about it, about him coming back for about the last six months to a year. So, so it's possible he could fight again. But uh, and but He's yeah, only it's just interesting that of all people. Yeah, yeah, no, I know. Yeah, he's still super young, but uh, it's just interesting of all people who hasn't been tested and uh, I. Don't know, he, it's Connor. It's just weird. I mean, it, it yeah. raises questions. It raises questions about what, yeah. about what's going on, what's going on there. Cause everybody else has been tested. Even yeah. guys who haven't fought in years, even guys who haven't fought, you know, both Diaz boys have been tested this, this year. I mean, everybody's been tested, tested like they're supposed to, except for him. His name's not in the databases, haven't been tested. So it's just, it's weird. Honestly, in my opinion, it's just, is usually there's kind of yeah signs pointing towards something there. Cause, yeah, because well, you can't use I it. Mean, uh, can't use the thing. I imagine uh, he's going to be. F- yeah, you can't really use the thing. Of, oh, he's been injured. I mean, these guy, there's guys that are injured who are getting tested. So that's yeah. not a that's not an excuse. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I mean John Jones apparently. Uh, well, no, no, he's not injured. He's. Uh, He's just in a contract dispute. Um, all right. Uh, so we have some upcoming fight announcements. Not much. Um, I mean, I guess the one that sticks out for me is the guy whose name you love to say. But other than that, I don't see anything. What's that? Anything you want to highlight? Oh, uh, da, da, du, Duplessis. Yeah, you got a couple of fights for a, yeah, UFC 276. First, you have Uriah Hall against Andre Muniz, and then you have Brad Tavares versus Dracus Duplessis. And, you know, as he, yeah. as he normally, as he so eloquently said after his first fight. And then uh, an interesting fight on July 23rd, Muhammad Mokayev against the debuting Charles Johnson. I, I heard there was like, like literally every fighter that they offered Mokayev to turned it down 
and they had to go they had to go sign somebody who they were targeting for the contender series to a UFC deal just to get him an opponent. So so yeah, Mokayev is gonna be the next Habib and all that and Islam, you know, you know, the guy yeah. that everybody turns down. Islam Makachev, yeah. And uh Charles Johnson is uh I, I thought I recognized the name. I think I may have seen him on an LFA. He's he's won four in a row, uh, three of them by stoppage. So, you know, I'm sure he feels pretty confident. Um, but, yeah, he's probably going to get wrecked. Uh, yeah, not not much else. Uh, slow week for uh, for the matchmakers. But uh, at Trishon Gore and Josh Fremd, who we just saw win last week. Uh, Trishon Gore is, of course, the last year's Ultimate Fighter winner. And this year's Ultimate Fighter is scheduled to kick off not this coming week, but the following week. So we'll, we'll be talking about that a little bit, too, because I imagine I'll be watching that if I can find the time. I got to start. Yeah, because like, you're a huge Juliana Pena out. fan. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I'm a, oh my god, maybe I'm not gonna watch this show. I, I'm gonna have to listen to her for like 60 minutes every week. I don't know. I may decide not. I may decide to skip this year. Actually, I, uh, I yeah, I I forgot about that um, until I saw it on the previews. But who knows? Maybe the magic of editing will turn her into a baby face. But I have my <laughs> doubts. I doubt that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh all right so uh i guess that's just about gonna do it so uh ryan uh i i guess you'll have your uh preview for the espn show uh coming up on thursday or friday on uh on fight game media and of course you're right up on the wrestling observer i just read the write-up for last week's show another great job um and and now you got dave on the open scoring uh bandwagon as well he talked about that in his bell tour write-up um so the uh but you'll have the your roundup of this past week's card on next week's observer which will drop on friday and then of course covering the fights for wrestlingobserver.com and me i'll be on the dynamite show tomorrow as you're listening uh with jeff hawkins and uh got uh had an interesting uh grandpa des show that uh will be up by the time most of you listen to this maybe uh it's dropping tuesday evening but i had my first in studio quote-unquote guest and that was a lot of fun so uh, a guy by the name of jimmy mack uh comedian radio tv personality big big wrestling fan so i uh, look forward to that on on my youtube channel grandpa des so for ryan i'm paul and ryan why don't you take us home like you always do all right i hope everybody enjoyed the show have a great week and enjoy the fights this weekend without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running everything would suddenly stop hospitals factories schools and power plants they all depend on you no matter the weather emergency or time of day you're the ones who get it done at granger we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies count on real-time product availability and fast delivery call clickgranger.com or just stop by granger for the ones who get it done